You are listening to Shareworthy, the influencer and content marketing podcast brought to you by Isaiah, the industry's leader in developing technology that helps marketers and creators connect. Hey everybody, Katie here. Welcome to Shareworthy, Isaiah's influencer and content marketing podcast. Show notes can be found at izea.com and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow Isaiah on Twitter at I-Z-E-A, and Facebook at facebook.com slash Inc. All links are in the show notes. Welcome to episode two of Shareworthy, the second installment of our Snackable and Shareworthy podcast series. Today we are talking with motivational speaker and best-selling author Eric Qualman, who recently presented Five Habits to Success and Happiness in a Wi-Fi World at IzeaFest 2017. We called Eric Qualman on his cell phone during his busy travel day, and we asked him about how one can create disruptive storytelling. How can marketers and creators growth hack virality? We asked Eric about CIA and WikiLeaks. What are the implications of the recently leaked CIA cyber-spying documents for social media users? We also asked him, are leakers the new influencers? Is President Trump the world's top influencer? And what kind of power does his Twitter account hold? We also asked him, what should brands do if they're the target of a Trump tweet? And how you can tell fake social media news from real news? We also dove into the consolidation of the influencer marketing industry. What does it mean when influencer agencies and marketplaces are being snatched up by big tech companies like Google and how the future looks for the industry? We also asked him about Snapchat clones. Will they take out Snap? And are short, disappearing messages the new go-to social media post? Hi, Eric. How are you? It's great. Man, you guys are going all out. I like it. Thank you. We try. We try. Um, Thanks for being flexible, too. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem, dude. Thanks for uh, offering to be part of this. All right, so let's jump right in. I have a few questions for you. They're mostly topical, but I was wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit about what you presented at Isaiah Fest. Yes, it's an honor to be at Isaiah Fest with a great audience and obviously a great company of Isaiah. What I was detailing out are the five habits that all digital leaders practice. So we spent four years to do research and to figure out when you look at some of the best business books of all time with Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and Jim Collins' Good to Great, I saw that and said, well, both of those books were written before even YouTube existed. So has the world shifted and changed from a leadership standpoint when it comes to all the digital age and the exponential age that we lived in? So spent four years doing some research to figure out were there any commonalities between all of these CEOs, presidents of countries, um, leaders of nonprofit organizations. And what we were able to discern is they all practiced, they all shared five similar habits. And so that's what I was discussing um, at the event were what were those five habits that all individuals practice and then all organizations practice to digitally transform their company. Could you tell us a little bit about the findings? What are the five habits? And it was interesting going in, we didn't know if it was going to be two habits, if it was going to be 10. And so what we figured out, it was the five. And to make it easy to digest, it actually forms the acronym of STAMP. Because um, all of us are trying to leave our best digital stamp out there, both as individuals and also as companies. So as we look at the five habits, 
S is for simple. It's not about adding stuff to your day-to-day. It's already busy enough. It's actually about taking away from it. And the easiest way to do that without going into too much detail here is to stop multitasking. The second one is that everyone understands where they're trying to go. So T is for true. They understand who they are and trying to know what they become. Um, The easiest exercise to do for that is to actually think of one word that you'd want to show up on Google. If someone were to Google your name or your organization's name, what's the one word that you'd want to show up, you know, five years from now, 10 years, 50 years from today? Uh, The third piece is actually all about A for action. Um, Nothing happens without action, but a lot of us are afraid to fail. So we went into detail about failing fast, failing forward, uh, failing better, and that it's all about the daily output that you're able to produce, not the throughput. But throughput and throughput traps, this is the learning that we found, is that a throughput trap is you're texting, you're tweeting, you're emailing, you're working hard, but at the end of the day, you have nothing to show for it. And so what we want to do is get to that output. We want to design that dress if we want to start our own fashion boutique. Or if we want to write that screenplay, it's actually writing those words for the screenplay. Or from a business standpoint, if we want to do better in marketing, it's actually writing that marketing plan. It's actually producing that tangible output. Um, And the easiest way to do that, and what's interesting, is as an author, when people read your book on a Kindle or on the iPad or on the iPhone or on their Android, when they highlight passages, as an author, you can see the most highlighted passages. It was shocking to me in one of my books that by far the number one most highlighted passage all related back to how to produce more output. And the reason it was shocking to me is, is it's, a, it's a trick or a method that's been used for hundreds of years. And all it is is to write down the two most important things you need to get done that day before you fall into the biz, the bung, answering that all that throughput trap. So it's really literally just writing or typing down the two most important things you need to do and then hyper-focusing on those two things. Um, and then moving along, because I'm going into detail here. So M is for map. It's about having a firm destination in mind but being flexible in your path on how you get there. We're not doing five- and ten-year plans anymore. Firm destination, flexible in your path. There's going to be hurdles. Those are good. There's going to be challenges. Those are good. And the reason they're good is because it keeps your competition out. Other people want to stop there when they're challenged or when they face that hurdle. You're not. You're going to work through it, and then it's a nonlinear path, but you're eventually going to get to your firm destination. And then last but not least, and it might be the most important piece, is that we need to surround ourselves with the right people. That includes, obviously, offline, and I always stress these digital tools don't replace the face-to-face. They don't replace copies. They augment it when time and distance are an issue, is that we need to surround ourselves with the right people, both offline, obviously, but also more and more online. And part of that is actually networking before you need the network. I'm not going to go into detail on that specific piece right now, but really just understanding that you need to learn how to surround yourself with the right people, both digitally and also in the offline world. For me, and it's the one book of the five that I've written that I actually constantly, digital leader, is that I constantly go back to, because I wrote it almost for myself as a reminder, because uh, I'm a recovering multitasker. And so I've got to every day catch myself, hey, you're not getting as much done if you multitask. Let's focus on one thing at a time. Words to live by. Um, All right. So you've written a couple of books, uh, and one of them was about disruptive storytelling. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, is there a way to growth hack virality? How do you become a disruptive storyteller? 
Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. It's funny that I, with Jonah Berger, a, a peer of mine, he wrote Contagious. I always give him a hard time. I'm like, well, if you knew the answer to being contagious, why isn't your book always number one bestseller? So when it comes to reality, first of all, I don't have the secret. Nobody has the secret. If they did, like if I had the secret, then now, because I would have taken my, my private jet and landed there, taken my helicopter just to land right outside where you are. But as we look at that, there are some tips and tricks and what you can do, like using your terminology growth hack is what gives something a chance for success or a chance to go viral. Uh, the couple of things that I've learned, I've had a couple of videos that go viral and not all of them do, but the ones that have, they show a share of commonality. And what I've learned is number one is always take the viewpoint of the viewer. I know that sounds simple, but we do, I own an animation studio and we do work with Disney. We do work with Chase, all these big companies is part of why they hire us is because we allow them to get out of their own way. Meaning that it's not about you. It's about the viewer. And so many of us take the viewpoint of, I've got a, that's what we want to put in this video. That doesn't make any sense. It's what's the viewer going to receive. And so in terms of whether it's content, like a blog post or whether it's video, it's always got to take you ahead of, okay, why does someone care? There's so much content out there. Why do I care to watch this specific piece? Um, so that's number one, take the viewpoint of the viewer. Number two is don't try to be everything to everybody. Figure out specifically what's the demographic, psychographic you're going after and just hyper-focus on that and really be focused and, and go for that. Um, and the third piece is really it's about shining the light on others. So the more in your content you can shine the light on others, the better chance someone else picks it up and makes it go viral. And again, that's an old trick. If you go back to the old newspapers, local newspapers used to print as many names as they could in a story because they understood that that person would buy the paper and they'd probably buy five copies of it to hand it out to their friends. So the more you can include others in your items, um, that also gives it a chance for success. Um, and then once you do have success with something, um, ride that wave as much as possible. It'll have a certain time frame, and then that little trick will end. Uh, but when you do have that magic in the bottle, be ready to be as nimble as possible to, to, to take advantage of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so along the same lines as virality and getting a lot of attention, there's been a lot of mentions of CIA and WikiLeaks uh, and leaks in general in the news. And I was wondering if you could touch on the implications of the recently leaked uh, CIA cyber spying documents. Um, what does that mean for social media users? So I've written a book, What Happens in Vegas Stays on YouTube. So first to understand is that privacy is dead. We live in a post-privacy world. Uh, for the most part, that's actually a good thing, a fully transparent society. Uh, in the short term, there's more pain points because we just don't, it's a massive shift, right? A societal shift. And so um, long term, it's good. It's good with open societies. Uh, there's some things that are always for the nation. There's some national security implications. So I always talk to, when I've been in front of the government officials, I've spoken in front of like 3,300 counterterrorism agents who are awesome people. They're great. It's uh, proud to be American at the FBI. And Director Comey spoke on leadership, but I spoke on digital leadership. Is when I address a crowd like that or in a closed room, I go, look, you don't get mad at WikiLeaks, okay? It's, there's going to be a new WikiLeaks. There will always be that piece. It was the Washington Post beforehand. What you need to understand is why is someone compelled to release this information, number one. 
Number two, when it's not involving per se national security, 99% of the content that you guys are dealing with, it should be to where you're like, I can post this out there publicly and I don't have a problem with it. So just in your mind, you've got to always ask yourself, why am I whispering when it's like 1% relates to national security? Some of the stuff just has to do with bad policy in some instances. And I'm not obviously selecting any particular branch or any country because I've worked with several of them. It's just like, okay, let's call it spade a spade and let's look at this stuff, figure out one, understand there's no privacy. Number two, adjust your behavior accordingly. If you need training on that, that's where we can help. And then number three is when this stuff gets out there, understand if it's a mistake on your end, own it, say what you're going to do to fix it, and then follow through up, follow through and fix it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything that is posted online will eventually end up being read by someone else. Yeah, no, it's true that there is that one to five, let's call it one to 5% that is tricky because it's either proprietary information for a company or it is national security issue. Uh, but again, most of those instances are few and far between when you actually look at some of these leaks that have occur occurred, it's, it's just, um, systematically there's a reason why that person came forward uh in a lot of instances it's a good thing that they did whistleblow gotcha so along those lines um leakers are they the new influencers in influencer marketing yeah it's a good question i think in some instances yes but also i want to make sure that we don't become a society that and that's why i stress in the book what happens in vegas stays on youtube is that you need to go first and foremost to your superiors and, and indicate you've got an issue or what your issue is. If your first resort is to go in the public domain, open public domain, I don't have a lot of respect for that. I do respect people that try to address it internally, uh, knowing that there might be some negative ramifications for doing that. And if they're not heard there, if it's not moving forward quickly enough, then I do have a lot of respect for those that have the gumption to then correctly make it in a public forum. So uh, as long as people are going down the right channels, um, trying to deal with it internally first and face-to-face -face first to give a chance to make sure there's no misinterpretation, uh, then I have no problem with those folks coming out. And, and some of them should be celebrated. Some shouldn't. Some should. So it all depends on the situation. Gotcha. Um, now, it's been leaks have been in the tweets of our president who has a very large social media presence. Would you consider President Trump one of the world's top influencers? And what kind of power do you think his Twitter account holds? He's definitely one of the world's top influencers, whether you, wherever you're on that political spectrum, but anyone that holds the office of the president of the United States can be top influencer. And the tweets hold a lot of weight. I mean, you could even see from other instances, uh, including Trump, uh, where it impacts positively negative actually the stock market or impacts certain industries because he tweets something about XYZ industry. And so, uh, and he's not alone. It carries a lot of weight. Uh, Icon, one of the multi-billionaires, has uh, had tweets that affected Apple stock. And so definitely, Twitter is a very powerful tool, as are a lot of these tools from a public standpoint. Whenever there's information that comes to light that not everyone had in the public, it can impact definitely industry, impact society. So it carries a lot of weight. So you got to be careful. That's why one of the reasons why we wrote 
the book that we did because I kept turning on the news saying, man, these guys don't understand what the impact this stuff has when they do this. Absolutely. Uh, and fake news has been in the headlines a lot, um, and it's prevalent on social media. Is there a way for someone to easily identify uh, fake news through social media? I think the easiest way to identify it is to start, this is what's beautiful for, say, I'll just call it, let's say, say the New York Times, just for argument's sake. I'm not saying they're perfect, but let's say that they are the ones. There's an opportunity for brands to then really differentiate themselves. Because fake news for them will be the best thing that ever happened. Because then you could go, and this has historically been the case. Like if you look at the New York Post, are you gonna does that carry as much weight as the Washington Post? No. And so, or New York Post versus New York Times, does that? Am I gonna trust that as much as the New York Times and New York Post? No. And so when it comes to fake news, it's actually a glorious day for some whoever wants to grasp that golden ring to become that trusted source that they're going to do their due diligence and maybe not be the first breaking the story, but making sure that whatever they cover is actually factual. And so that it gets back to more journalistic integrity that you'd think about from say the seventies to where it goes back to, okay, if it's from this source, I know it's true. I know it's not fake. Gotcha. All right. So let's, let's pivot real quick. We were talking about influencer marketing just a second ago, and uh, there's been a lot of consolidation in the influencer marketing industry. Google just bought FameBit, uh, and there have been a couple other notable mergers and acquisitions. What does it mean when influencer agencies and marketplaces are being snatched up by big tech companies? And how does the future look for the industry? In my mind, it means two things. Number one, the market's becoming mature. It happens in every market. If you look at search 20 years ago, you had Lycos, Dogpile, Asgis, Excite. Uh, today, you have arguably just Google, but you have obviously there's Google, there's Bing, uh, and Yahoo a little bit, Yahoo Bing. But you always see that consolidation. So number one, the market's maturing, and also two, it gives it credibility to where like, hey, this thing wasn't just a flash in the pan. This is actually real, super important, and gaining in importance. Uh, The second thing, when you think about the consolidation, is uh, there'll be actually some big winners and big losers. Obviously, anyone that's purchased is a winner. Um, And then when they start to formulate that larger conglomerate, is that some are going to be worse off, they're not going to figure it out, and then others will rise up and take advantage of the different tool sets to be able to cobble together to where it's actually, oh, wow, this is the new version of what influencer marketing looks like, and it's a much better version. Nice. The same thing is sort of happening in uh, the social media platform world with disappearing messages, uh, specifically Snapchat clones. Will they take out Snapchat in the short term or long term? And are the short disappearing messages the new go-to social media post? Great question. I cannot predict which tool will win. I more like to look at trends. So again, use that analogy that I just did a second ago with search. Is that We knew that search wasn't going away, but we didn't know which search engine would win. Was it Ask Jeeves? Was it going to be Yahoo, Excite? Turned out to be Google. In this instance with Snapchat, disappearing messages, it's interesting. I think users, there's a lot of users that enjoy those, so there'll always be a place for those. The issue is they're very difficult to monetize if you have disappearing messages. And so when you look 
look at Snapchat, that's why they've adjusted their model. They went more to stories, and you start to see more advertising on their platform because uh, they realize, whoa, if we're going public, we got to start making some money. And how are we going to do that if this stuff is kind of ephemeral in nature and disappears? So I think there'll always be a need for that type of thing to where you have your messages disappearing. But like we talked about earlier, is that people start to adjust to understand that privacy is dead anyways. Uh, but there'll always be a market that wants to kind of have that stuff be anonymous. Now, the more uh, a more interesting question or one that's hotly debated right now is who's the winner between Instagram and Snapchat? And again, I don't know who's going to win, but if I were to predict it, I would predict Instagram just because they've got the backing of Facebook and some of their stuff is actually a little bit usability, easier to use. And number three is their advertising platforms at this time more robust. So for people that want to get an influencer that wants to have more views, they're willing to invest a little bit of money in it, that it's a, it's a better platform to do that. Gotcha, gotcha. Another trend in social media, besides uh, Snapchat clones, is um, the introduction of artificial intelligence, AI. <clears throat> How is AI being incorporated into social media? I know there was that report about Facebook using AI to identify the context of images, what's in there. Um, how do you see it changing the way we use social media? One thing I think, one thing you'll see is you're already seeing this is AI being used in marketing and automation. And so it could be on social, let's say Facebook, just to keep that threat, is if a conversation's occurring rather than me manually replying, thanks for the nice words, here's a link you might be interested in to my book, is that artificial intelligence could do that response. Um, obviously, that's a tricky and a dicey situation because there's obvious, there's instances where people are already using this and they go, hey, my grandma's funeral's this Friday and it gets like a like or someone says, that's great, exclamation point. And so there's definitely been some fails with artificial intelligence, and but we're already starting to see it with that marketing automation. So, and obviously the companies will use it to your point to either screen photos, identify certain aspects like, oh, here's some here's a hate crime that might be occurring on Facebook. So anything we can do to help with that, uh, we'll, we'll better identify that. Companies use artificial intelligence to identify, okay, this person's mentioned RFP for request for proposal 20 times. They might be in the need of our services at IBM, and IBM uses that. They actually increase their business uh, by millions and millions of dollars just by looking for those two words, RFP and request for proposal, and then automatically replying to them with a template for an RFP. So again, taking the viewpoint of the user and providing value to the user. Hey, it looks like you're going through an RFP process. We've got this template. Oh, fantastic. I was looking for that. So that was a long answer, but I'm actually big on artificial intelligence. You can see it in the home with Alexa. Uh, whatever your favorite is, go Google or uh, was it Bixby's the new one from Samsung? Even that. You can see, yeah, yeah, even that. And so that stuff is you start to see it impact your daily daily life. Absolutely. Well, those were all the questions I had for you. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you'd like to add? I mean, the only thing that I'd add is that it's all about producing your best and protecting yourself online. And a lot of people start with the protection, especially with you're dealing with your kids or someone that's of a younger generation. They come and wagging the finger, don't do this, don't do that. And what I've found with the 200 universities that use my books and I'm able to go on campus or Skype into them 
is the best approach. And again, it's not just for college students. It's actually for anyone is to kind of go in and go, here's how you produce your best as an influencer, or here's how you produce your best on the tools to get followers. And then here's how you protect it. So it's the combination of the two, but the lead should always be, how do I produce my best, not only offline self, but also my best digital self. And the main shift in society when we talk about privacy being dead is that they're kind of one and the same. And I talk about the word integrity and reputation being two different things where in the past they were different. That's why you had two different words is that you had reputations what the public perceived you to be. And then integrity is what you stood for behind closed doors. Well, in a privacy free world, those are one and the same thing. And that's why influencers that know what they're doing are able to rise to the top and that fake news is actually good for these influencers because then their personal brand becomes even stronger because they can go, I can trust Sally because every time she delivers something, I know what Sally's saying makes sense and that she's not going to lie to me and that she actually believes in a product she's promoting or believes in the story that she's writing. Um, and so that's, that's what I'd say. It's all about that production and protection. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Eric. It's really been a pleasure. No, it's been an honor. Thank you, and keep up the great work. You too, and uh, Superman pose. Yeah, for sure. No, for equal man, you got to do the equal man pose, the Superman pose. Thank you. That's great. Nice. Well, I, uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, I look forward to sharing this with you once it's live. No, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Call anytime I can help with anything, and uh, tell the team I said hello, and uh, anything I can do to help, let me know. Will do. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, guys. That's all the shareworthy knowledge for now. Stay tuned for future episodes, and remember to always champion the creators. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.